Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Just like the last couple of weeks, I've got another one of my athletes that I'm wrapped to chat, chat to today, uh, Jess Dunsmore. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Looking yeah. forward to having a bit of a conversation. Yeah, great, mate. Um, your uh, confidence has um, come a long way over the last couple of years. I've, I've really noticed, noticed that. Um, yeah, and... Uh, it's been great to great to see. Uh, that's one thing that we've really worked on. Um, yeah, over yeah this year in particular, um, just the way that you're running. But before we jump into a few of the things that we've worked on, Jess, introduce yourself to listeners that um, you know, may not know you, um, and just talk about how you got into running and and just a brief sort of history of um, your background. Uh, yeah, sure. I started running when I was very young, except uh, it was pretty casual, just uh, weekly runs with my parents, for example, when they were training for their sport. And then um, that started to develop further once school competitions started to get thrown into the mix. Yep. So there was a coach in... Uh, high school who was coach of the school cross country team and saw that I was doing okay in a few races and that was uh, Bronwyn Louise. Yeah. And yes, ever since then I've been training solely for running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, I've sort of inherited the reins from Bron, like of that squad. Like I remember her having a chat with me about three years ago now, I think. Um, and um, yeah, just had a coffee with her and and so it's been awesome to to work with you uh you sort of the like when you talk jess everyone listens um so oh. yeah <laughs> so i think like when you when, like um you're quite quiet leader a quiet leader um and whenever you have something to say um yeah people's ears should prick <laughs> uh, so yeah uh this year um give listeners a bit of an idea of uh how you've been going um you had a great 10 kilometer performance earlier in the year and then give listeners also an idea of uh yeah what you're aiming for and uh yeah how you're running kind of going yes so your last track season 
I managed to PB in a few events, uh, the 5K and the 10K. The 10K one was the Zadapec B-grade race at Aberfeldy. Um, yes, which was a better result than expected. Uh, so I was aiming for anything under 31 minutes and the time came in at 30 minutes, 42 seconds, which was, yeah, uh, yeah one of those results where uh, you feel uh, pretty ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, afterwards. walking on the clouds yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I remember during the race as well, early on, there was a small pack and the pace felt pretty quick. Um, so I sort of had to recognize that I was going to need to drop back a little bit in order to uh, maintain that same pace before yeah. um, trying to reel everyone back in on the latter half of the race. Yeah, yeah. I, I think listeners need context as well that probably uh, oh, about a, 13 months before that, you had a 10K attempt in Bendigo and you drove all the way down to Bendigo with your mum uh, and... It was your first 10K on the track or one of, um, just about. The first organised. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. In, not in training. Yeah. yeah, and um, went out pretty hard and, and, and then really found it tough in the second half um, and ran 33 minutes. Yeah, 33. Yeah, 33 <laughs> minutes. So, um, and, and we knew that it wasn't indicative of, of probably uh, how quick you could go, but it shows... Um, how hard running can be and, and to finally to, to show that you can break 31 minutes um uh yeah and and in uh, 13 months um from that bendigo race um shows that you learned a lot what what do you think um you learned from that bendigo experience oh, i wouldn't say there was too much of a difference in the overall approach yep which is yeah maybe surprising yeah um yeah i think just in the moment uh multiple factors just combined to mean that i was feeling better in this later race yeah um and i guess the bendigo race was a smaller race i think there was five people in the entire field yep. and the zadapec race was much larger and had a larger pack forming, which would have helped as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I guess another year under your belt of training. And that's one thing I've noticed since I've coached you, like you haven't had much time off. You've sort of um, uh, a man of consistency and, and um, been able to keep churning out week after week um, of training. Um, uh, yeah. Going into this season, um, off the back of that fantastic 10-kilometre and 5-kilometre performance, um, uh, yeah, we were we were sort of going, oh, you've been so consistent for a while now, um, uh, and you're, you're getting a little bit older, like you're still young, but like, you know, that's a few years of like pretty um, consistent training. I, I wanted you to do a little bit more um, uh, on your Sundays, so I sort of recommended that you go up to Fernie Creek um, and you do a little bit longer on your Wednesday run. How have you gone with uh, those changes and um, what do you think of them? Yeah, so the long run 
has increased from 90 minutes to, uh, in previous years up to two hours. And at Fernie 2, which is renowned for being hilly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the change came uh, fairly easily, I would say. Uh, we've managed to get uh, good numbers at Fernie, which has helped. So yeah. I know, having people around on your long run makes it go by a lot uh, easier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, so much easier when you're in a big group. Like, often you're at the 40-minute th mark of a Fernie run and you're like, oh, wow, 40 minutes has um, gone already. Um, not to mention you love a hill. Um, and, and I a just realised, yeah, and a long run, yeah. yeah. I just realised where you live, um, like, I've never, like, gone past your house until, like, a few <laughs> months ago and I, I ran past it and I was like, oh, geez, no wonder Jess is good at hills. Like, you've... You're pretty much, um, you know, running from your front door, um, and I sort of said like, oh yeah, you have eat them for breakfast, like yeah, yeah, you have them every day. You run them each day, like you pretty much live on a hill. Yeah, yeah, where you are, Mount Arthur's. Yeah, very hilly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that feeds quite nicely into cross country. Like you've just got this natural um, uh, tendency to hit a cross country race, um, and um, better than even better than your track and, and road um, PBs suggest. Um, you uh, so far four rounds into the XCR season, and uh, you're really competitive with runners that are probably um, quite often 20, 30, 40 seconds quicker than you over 5,000 meters on the track. Um, yeah, what do you put that down to? And uh, yeah, uh, how are you finding the cross country season? I would. Put that down to both uh, the psychological approach, the difference um, in the way that I would approach those different formats of racing, yeah. along with a little bit of technique uh, related, some of the factors related to technique. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely enjoy cross country a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Um that counts for a lot. Like if you enjoy something, you're generally, you know, I don't know, more confident and uh, with it and, and uh, you can relax a bit more and, and be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so this season, uh, was it the ASVIC XCR season, helping uh, Frankston in a team-based setting. Yeah. Try and get to Div 1 in the pro in the process at the moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the team aspect along with i guess the varying terrain and worrying a little bit less about time and just racing which i've also tried to bring into track races over the last couple of years as well yeah we noticed that and i think it yeah. might have even been our last chat on the podcast we said oh there was one moment where you ran an amazing park run where it's a bit more of a relaxed vibe um it was at hastings i, I think you ran i don't know 15 low um 15 10 or, or 15 thereabouts um and and you just did it eight o'clock in the morning um kind of with no real fo focus like it was just a training session and and then a few weeks later i think you ran a similar time where that was your a sort of goal race um on the track and uh you weren't that much quicker um and you know there could have been like various reasons for that but i think it's 
been a consistent trend that we've seen, hasn't it? Um, that you, mm. you've, um, and, and I've seen other runners very similar, like you, your Liam Adams's or, um, and other runners like Liam, or, you know, your Andy Buchanan's, um, until, until recently they sort of track PBs improved a bit, but, um, they're still, um, beating people over cross country that, uh, they don't seem to, um, uh, compete as well against on the track. Um, uh, yeah so it's interesting isn't it and, and i sort of um raised the technique side of things um this year um and uh like i'm part of a few coaching forums and there's several coaches that um are quite into it and i've just been reading along trying to learn more and more especially as a physiotherapist and it's been fun and uh probably just you know every other sport questions mechanics and um and i think sometimes uh, in running, there's this general old school thought of like, you just run how you run and, and um, yeah, there's nuances and everyone runs a little bit differently, but I think there are some core fundamental aspects to a really um, bouncy kind of um, uh, efficient technique. And there's there's a good way to move and an inefficient way to move. And and I think if you look at a Kenyan, I think that kind of explains us. Like just look, watch those Kenyans run and and they're just so elastic and bouncy and they, they put their foot in the right place and it's right under their center of mass and um, they're tall and they're not sitting down in their, in their, in their gait. And um, we're just um, always trying to improve you, Jess, and, and I know you've run for a long time and you do run well. Mechan- I, I, yeah. I remember, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have been a, a while ago now, maybe a couple of months, but you had me uh out in your backyard <laughs> dodging remy's dog poo yeah <laughs> yeah jumping up and down um yeah and getting uh some footage of my heel motion yeah um and it was quite excessive yeah compared to um i guess other examples of other athletes in the group yeah yeah so um, was, yeah yeah so we put that down to re- reliance on my quads. Yep. Um, instead of using, I guess, both the rigidity of uh, my legs and yeah. Uh, yeah. my calf muscle. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we've been trying to train some stiffness into like Achilles and an ankle reflex so that um, you've got this habit of just sort of sinking into the ground. We're trying to get it to be a bit more reactive and almost like um uh one like i think it's a bit to do with positioning and joint positioning and body positioning um and so yeah it's been a cool little project of ours because um it's like well how do i get you to uh, like you know do this and 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 i don't want to undo what's good about you um but how do we do it in a in a nice way that's um yeah do i use internal cues or do i external cues like do i yeah, and so like we've just been um, running, we've, we've actually just been running over these mini hurdles um, and the hurdles kind of get you to reposition your foot under you um, because you don't want to fall over the hurdles. So they kind of just do it for you. So we've just been getting you to sprint over hurdles, kind of like a lot of sprinters do and channeling a little bit of um, the drills that sprinters do. And um, so far, like, and, and it's it's a bit qualitative um like it um going off what you feel and it's a bit like also just what i see visually um so there's it's not a hard science but 
there's definitely photos where I feel like um, in the cross country season you look taller, and um, you definitely um, uh, swinging that trail leg through quicker um, when you land um, uh, on on the on the ground rather than looking like you're overstriding and sitting down in your gait. So anyway, that's um, maybe getting a bit technical, but it, it it's um it's been fun to critique someone who's really proficient at the sport but go maybe you could be running even better and uh maybe that's also going to like um uh, narrow the gap between your cross-country performances and say maybe your track and road performances yeah 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 um i remember we even incorporated those uh, little hurdles wickets into some training reps <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yep. the 200 meter mark of some 400 meter intervals yeah 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 that, that was that's a good point like we just because yeah. i was like okay well it's all well and good to do it when you're focused on the on the on the drill but um maybe doing it in the middle of a session when you're getting fatigued or or um you have to run after it w without the hurdles like maybe it'll just um get you to think about it a little bit you know just remind you oh yeah remember technique without me having to go oh guys you know technique <laughs> um so it's not this verbal thing but it's kind of coming from you from the environment so yeah that 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 was fun as well um yeah th there's this good example which i i told to you jess um i spoke to you about um like mo farah like the mate like that uh you know uh legendary um British, um, you know, distance runner. He won so many Olympic gold medals. Um, he'd often get beaten by a, um, a local British athlete, um, Garrett Heath, over the Edinburgh cross country, and it happened three years in a row. And the thing with um, the differences in their technique, they were both like really good runners, but um, Mo Farah was more sort of that bouncy kind of um, uh, elastic sort of runner who really used their tendons and. When you use your tendons, they don't require much metabolic. Um, uh, well, they don't require much oxygen at all. <laughs> like um, they sort of just stretch um, passively and and uh, react, uh, bounce back themselves. Uh, so, and then Garrett Heath was looks a lot like you, like Jess, the way you run. And uh, over cross country, um, he had Mo's measure. Um, and I think the cross country, the soft surface, the fact that it wasn't hard and um, reactive like the road or the track it meant that um it uh, blunted mo's um tendon tendon bouncy kind of uh, technique and it, it meant that it became a more uh, um down to you know the their heart and lungs and um who who um was aerobically like had a better engine um yeah would you say it's a similar comparison between five and ten k and an event like a marathon yeah yeah um so like us yeah. to compare those two events i i um i'm not sure like i i think both like i think um it, it, it's still having um a, a a little bit of a so if you have a, like a bouncy technique that's just coming from the tendons that's not requiring that much muscular energy um so but it, yeah there's there's a like like an inefficient technique is more one of those ones where you see someone's really muscling it and they're they're kind of forcing it with their muscular system rather than sort of harnessing that that um fascia and connective tissue that we've got um uh so i i'd say um like like mo farah still did a good marathon like um yeah. so like I, and the kenyans do amazing marathons like kipchoge's bouncy and he's got a really 
economical style. Um, uh, I've got a short shuffly style that could be more economical, um, and that's what I've been working on um, the last 12 months. Uh, and it's been fun to um, change that focus. And rather than always be so focused on, uh, I reckon when I first started you, coaching you, I was sort of like, oh, we've got to get your mileage up. Uh, we've got to um, get your running more. And um, and I was like, oh, you could be so much better. And I still stand by that, but I think um, it's good to like just not leave technique on the table and, and just, um, just think that running's all about... Um, uh, you know, tra training the heart and lungs and um, getting super fit aerobically. It's um, also learning how to move well mechanically. Also, yeah. uh, psychology. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've uh, been working on um, yeah. trying to improve confidence, uh, yeah. belief, and yeah. you're always providing resources. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I'm always reading or podcasts that I'm always listening to, which I've found have opened up another dimension that I'd never thought of before. Yeah, you know, I, I like that. That's why it's a pleasure to coach, and a lot of the athletes in the squad are because, like, I'm always just bombarding you guys with podcasts and <laughs> yeah. and things that I find interesting, and whether you guys find interesting, I'm not sure, but I feel like they're. I'm like, well, I was in your guys' shoes at one point, and. I wish I like it as good. I was like, oh, I, you know, I wish I knew this when I was your age, you know. And whenever I see something that I'm like, oh, that that's kind of cool. Like I, I reckon the guy should know something about that. Um, and uh, you've chewed through a bit of the a few of the recommendations, like um, which has been great because you know listeners might not know, but like you know you you're doing a pretty hard uni uni degree um, with your engineering at the moment, and and um, I think some, like I reckon, um, maybe a year or two ago, like if I gave you some podcasts to listen to, you'd be like, oh, maybe you'd probably be holding them off till the holidays. But what mm -hmm. I've noticed this year is you're sort of multitasking and doing a bit of both, um, and probably appreciating a bit more that that idea of like, yeah, I can do, like I can um, turn off and and learn a bit about this uh, while I'm doing my engineering as well. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was all, back then it was almost like uh, trying to cram all the information in and yeah, yeah. worrying that it was all fall, falling out and overflowing oh, yeah. and then picking up whatever yeah. had fallen out and trying to put it back in again all the time. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, this year's been a bit more healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's like, there's such thing as too much information too. Like it's, it's yeah. like you just take... There might be one snippet that was relevant in that podcast to you, um, uh, and the rest was like, "Oh, not sure why Dane sent that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yes. So, I guess that's one example you gave was uh, the idea of belief and placebo, and how yeah, uh, believing in something can have a physiological impact. Which seems obvious, yeah. When you, uh, I don't know, when you sort of stay stuck on it for a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, for sure. Like, um, that was like one example. Um, that was um, Elia um, Crumb's work, yeah. and uh, uh, but then there's been heaps like, and then even the like biases. Yeah, one of them. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Just having an awareness of uh, the impact that your beliefs and biases can have and how you sort of need to work on them. Yeah. Has helped. Um, Yeah. For example, in XCR, um, being comfortable with uh, trying to keep up with the front guys early in a race. Yes. And backing yourself. Yeah. Um, I'd say that has been a big change. Yeah, that's uh, one that I've really been trying to um, get you to do because, like, the number of races where I'm like, oh, Jess has just missed a nice guy and um, uh, too kind. Um, uh, and he needs, like, a little bit of, like, a bit more, like, um, uh, it's like quiet confidence. It's like, you can still be like this nice, humble person that's um, courteous and um, empathetic to, um, to the people around you, but you can also still have this quiet confidence about yourself where you believe that you can do something. Um, and it's a race. Like, everyone stands on the start line. That's what the race is. Like, they've pretty much signed this, like, waiver, like, that uh, I'm versing you, you're versing me. That's We stood on the start line. It's like, um, uh, yeah, I'm not saying, like, you... you you don't have to like the first, the first, the first bit. It's just like hold your ground and and back yourself and put yourself in a good spot. Whereas I've definitely and for listeners that aren't aware, like seen seen Jess where he's pretty much kind of just like gone wide, let people all the way through, and then put himself in in last spot, um, almost. And I don't know if I'm reading into it, Jess, um, but almost almost because you're scared of treading on someone's toes. Uh, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. This cross country season has been better. If anything, yeah. I might have gone the other way. I've gone out very, very hard. <laughs> yeah. Lot, yeah, you have. Yeah. So far, which has been good. Yeah. I think the results have all gone well where I've done that, even if it's been a bit of a positive split. Yeah. Um, and eventually, one of those races, I think something will click. Hundred percent. Like I think one of them will stick because yeah. you're like in the four races that you've done so far, you're not far off um, that top do- dozen. Like there's not much in it to be honest. Um, and uh, you know you might even modulate. You know how hard you go out a little bit. Like you'll still go out hard, but you'll just sort of be a bit more like, nah, I'm just gonna you know hold back here and and, and time my run a bit more. Um, uh, but at the same same time, um, I like how you brought that up as like a a sign that you're trying to be more more confident um, and 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 back yourself. Um, uh, the other example was um, amongst like all the innovations that it, <laughs> we've sort of tried to start this year, like whether that was like getting the group to do basketball or soccer or or um, stair jumps or um, we've also done swimming and Liam Hemingway's like been super a superstar and has run those sessions and and you know um the a lot of the group have come along and done them and one of the first ones um we had to do butterfly and um all all of us got to about halfway and and really struggled and um i thought it was really good because at the end of that um session you were like oh i'm gonna try to improve this i'm gonna try to get better at the at butterfly um and you have so far it's still bloody hard but why do you reckon like um that's like a good thing to be doing jess yeah liam's been very generous with the swimming which has been great um yeah. with the butterfly 
I'd say, uh, yeah, I was a bit of a laughing stock there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I looked pretty ridiculous flailing around in the water. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd say it's a good thing to do because that is also a way to work on confidence. Um, sort of when you have people around you that are judging what you were doing, that's a good time to practice internalizing a performance and trying to get better um, at training and working on whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so Liam was helpful in that he gave some good tips. So a good teacher is important, of course. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess the main thing was to be committed to flailing around in the pool, not in the knowledge that you're probably going to get laughed at. Yeah. Uh, but eventually you'll get better and maybe even do a good butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Which has improved. It has improved for me at least. See, and, that, and that's, that's it. It's like that um, fear of failure or fear of being judged or fear of, uh, making a mistake I know personally like that's that's um been something that like has held me back because I'm a bit of a perfectionist like um, by nature um, with a lot of things in life and um, I think uh, once you start to realize that it's okay you know it's okay like everyone does make mistakes that's the process that that's life and um, you're actually supposed to because that's how you work out how to get better at whatever you're trying to do. Um, and I think it's been a really good analogy um, so far this cross country season of um, uh, of building, that's how you build confidence. Like it's like be, be vulnerable, like put yourself um, in a hard place, do something hard and, um, and then don't, 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 um, like, cause if you, if you, if you're too scared to, to fail, then you never try and then how you live a sheltered life and you never get more confident. So it's kind of like, you've got to put yourself out there. Um, and you might find that, uh, it might, uh, um, filter through the group, um, and, 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 and inspire other people as well. Uh, yeah. Well, putting yourself in that situation time and again, trains that confidence. I guess to be vulnerable and other people will see that. Yeah. Yeah. Feel more comfortable and safe to act the same way. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and I guess that sort of leads us like, like, cause this is sort of, you know, kind of that culture code, um, audio book that another podcast that I sort of let, I, I got you to listen to. And, and it's kind of that same, um, idea that Dan Coyle talks about is like that idea of being, being vulnerable and not don't be scared to be vulnerable um, and how that can breed trust and it can make you even be more vulnerable which can make you open up and then you can learn because you're actually being who you are and confident to be who you are and you grow from that because you're not just sort of living this sort of sheltered uh, fearful scared life where you're in a box and you're just not not um, growing and and um, maybe living a bit in regret like you've got these goals and stuff, but you're too scared to sort of put yourself out there to really um, jump at them. Yeah, which is a little bit counterintuitive 
it's almost like you're preserving your reputation, but by doing nothing, you don't. Well, no one knows you exist. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And and then also like you 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 never um uh you don't have many life experiences to show show for it because you're not going overseas, you're not um meeting new people, and you don't know what's out there. Um. So. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, I reckon like you, you trying to practice butterfly has been one of the best things that you've done in the last few months. Um, um, the way that we've sort of used it as an analogy, because it, it really does sort of, um, highlight what you've been trying to do, um, on race day as well. Um, going out hard and, and trying to back yourself a bit more because you've got the talent and you've got you, like in training and, um, um, in races that don't sort of matter that much, um, uh, where there's less sort of like um, uh, uh, time yeah. focus and and stress and and stuff, you you have some blinders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of park runs. Yeah, yeah. Hastings and uh, yeah, Marriott Waters and Frankston Reservoir. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seem and to have all gone surprisingly well. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't know if it's got anything to do with, like, do you reckon, like, it's got anything to do with, yeah, asthma at all, or n nothing at all, like, um, so, like, say if you're in a more relaxed kind of, um, good state, like, um, in a race, um, you're more likely to breathe well, um, sometimes in a, in a stressful state where you're sort of putting too much pressure on yourself, or you're not backing yourself, you you find it hard to breathe or it's hard you don't think so uh, yeah. historically yes yep i would say yeah yeah but less so these days yeah i remember historically in some of the bigger races i think it was almost a degree of being overwhelmed yep during a race and yep. then in the later stages it'd be almost as though my breathing was out of control yeah but it didn't really need to be, if that yeah. makes sense. Yes. Like it was yeah. just being overwhelmed. Yes. And yep. uh, I guess not hyperventilating, but uh, sort of catching yourself and realizing uh, when you're like, uh, I guess, wheezing a little bit that uh, this isn't really asthma. It's just being overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 um, overwhelm is because you sort of, the, the fear of like the unknown and, and being out of control and, and, and not sure, you know, you know what, like, um, whether you can do this. Um, whereas I think that's where it speaks volumes of like what you've done in the first few, four cross country races, you put yourself out there and you're actually showing that you, you, you do belong in, in that caliber of, of the field, that pointy end. Like you're not far off um so you start and that's how belief you know um expands and then that's how you don't get overwhelmed <laughs> because you're like oh i'm meant to be up here like it's, this isn't you know different it's yeah. I know, thinking back now i would say one of the turning points with that would have been i think we were just doing a regular monday easy run and at the time i had been using a preventer i think it was serotide oh, yeah. for a long time and you recommended trying to i guess ease myself off 
this asthma preventer. Yeah. <laughs> Which sort of flipped my mentality. So maybe before then I was looking at this medication as an excuse uh, when it got hard. Whereas I, after I successfully had no longer needed serotide, I realized that there is really no, no, no excuse there. And, um, that's good. Like, yeah. uh, and I, like I, I was able to s- suggest that because I was speaking from experience. Like I, I've had asthma yeah. since I was um, born as, um, and, uh, I was the same. Like I grew up having to have a preventer and, um, a reliever like, um, all the time. And I just sort of, um, shared my experience rightly or wrongly. I'm no doctor, but, um, like, uh, having coached you for a little while, I was like, well, it's, it's worth a shot. Like, um, and you never want to be on a medication long term, um, and just see, you know, how it goes. And, um, uh, I think like not having to feel like you rely on something and makes you feel stronger, like, and you trust yourself more. So, um, yeah, I think there's beauty in that and, and benefit in that. Um, so yeah. It's good um good stuff and and really work good chat jess like this is this is um yeah nice stuff for people to hear um now like last thing um coming ahead um you've got a bit of a crossroads moment um you're finishing uni uh you still you you know you mentioned just off air you're like oh, i'm not sure you know um what is coming ahead but i still think it's worth talking about like so what's coming ahead and um uh, uh, you know, uni's finishing. Um, what do you think you're on to next? Yeah, so finishing yeah. a four-year degree, uh, well, ideally, hopefully, yep. uh, by the end of November, uh, which means going to have to make a few decisions uh, next for next year. Um, and that those include like some of the options that I'm considering include, uh, starting to work. I guess a lot of the work is in Victoria would be based in the city, which would yeah. create some distance between the group and where I'm training. Yeah. Um, which I guess is a bit conflicting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then again, you do, I feel like people, oh, well, I myself need to experience something different yeah. at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think so, it'll be awesome for you. Um, like getting out of um, home from Mount Marfa, get out of the hill from the hills um, yeah. and just learn, like you'll, you'll grow as a person um, immensely, which will, which will only, um, yeah, you, yeah, it'll be great for you. Um, Mum will probably miss you a bit. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but there's no, there's also no certainty of getting a job. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you still I've, haven't I've applied, locked anything in, yeah. Uh, not yet. I've applied to yeah. a few places. Yep. Uh, I think, yeah, four or five. Yep. Going at the moment. Um, so if, if those fall through, I'm still keeping a lot of things on the table yep. as well. Um, yeah, but I know in limbo a little bit for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, yeah. quite common um, when people finish school, finish uni, uh, get the seven-year itch. Um, 
yeah, you, you go through those those phases in life, and and yeah, like your future seems like all cloudy and <laughs> all shades of grey, and you're sort of not super sure. You kind of know what you want to do. You got so I, I my recommendation like um, is to just follow what excites you and and what makes you um, you know excited um, and. Uh, Things will work out if you do that. Um, it just uh, slowly uh, pieces its way together um, uh, over time. Um, uh, as vague as that sounds, <laughs> um, but yeah, the other thing I always wanted to uh, finish off with. Okay, um, so where to from here? From a running point of view, what are some goals uh, for the rest of the season and and uh, long term? Uh, so for the rest of XER, the goal is to try and crack the top 10 yeah. in one of the races, uh, ideally at Bandura. Yeah, I, th I think so. like we've sort of spoken about that. Or, I reckon um, you've got it in you. Like obviously, you know, the cars have to fall your way on the day and you just have to have a blinder and an absolute day. But uh, I think you've, like like we said, like um, working on your confidence and um, uh, I definitely think, think you've got it in you. Um, you've you probably, um, yeah, you, you definitely, yeah, it, it's an exciting goal anyway. It's one of those goals where it's the perfect goal. It's like not too easy it, um, and it's um, going to be quite hard to do, but it's definitely within you, within you um, already. Yeah. 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 And even if you don't do it, like there's always next year because you're young and then there's a the year after that and the year after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get a few attempts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, anything else? Uh, I'll continue to work on Butterfly. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what about outside of running? Outside of running, I would say uh, finish uni degree and then I guess being a uni student, uh, I know you, things aren't starting to get moving yet. In yep. terms of uh, starting to have your own place and all of those things. Yeah. So I have to start considering things like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's good. Um, no, I think um, it's been a pleasure to coach you, um, yeah, over this time, Jess. And we'll wrap it up here because you've learnt, you've, you're a good learner um, and you're all ears and um, you really apply yourself well um, and you're... A real leader of the team like a quiet quiet leader because you, you lead through action and you're a good listener so you listen to all your teammates and um and you make sure that they're heard and um uh and in that way like you've helped grow the the team down here um on the peninsula and uh yeah and i think you do value team like you really do like the social aspect um of having a group uh, like you said whether it's running for frankston um, or you know, running with the group um, up at Fernie, um, or whether it's um, yeah, tackling a hard session on a Tuesday and Thursday with Bevan um, or the like. It's yeah. been really exciting seeing the team grow. I think overall it's been trending in a positive direction. Yeah, and I know the group's growing bigger and bigger, which has yeah. been great to see. Yeah, uh, we'll have Matt. Uh, Wamersley and yeah. Pete Dutton running at Gold Coast Marathon Festival yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll have a fantastic runs. 
Yeah. yeah. And my brother Ned as oh, well. Ned, Ned, <laughs> yeah. Barry. How could I forget? Yeah. Uh, Frankston, Fairview. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's Another it's so good. Ha- yeah, having like now I've got like um, yeah, it's, you know, there's always runners coming and going. Um, uh, but we've got probably a, a, a group of about 10, 10 guys now. Um, and it's so fun when you get a group of eight to 10 bodies going around the track doing the same session, um, sharing the lead. Uh, and uh, the group banter and the high fives and yeah, I don't know that energy that you get. Like um, I spoke a bit about it the other week um, with Zaka when we talked about culture. Um, Reckon it's alive and well with the team, and uh, I think uh, you've been a big player in that because of your consistency and um, uh, and just because, yeah, um, degree yeah, of reliability. Degree of reliability, and, and every team yeah. needs that, and and then also, um, yeah, uh, if you did, you get read that chapter about um, in Culture Code about um, uh, every good culture has like um, uh, someone who's a good listener. Yeah. yeah 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 that's you <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah i think i think um those those um key players are important we've got like a few key players we've got like joel mcgill um yeah i reckon whenever he's around um the the sessions um everyone um the energy uh raises an octave yeah, yeah. He, he's um such a good um conversationalist and um uh yeah. Coin the term positive self talk, PST. Yeah. Uh, feel straight, free to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John McGill, um, <laughs> copyright. Um, yeah, the, the idea of positive self talk um, and the idea of like being able to um, change your mindset. Um, we've had some good convos with Joel, and, and there's other, yeah, everyone's got their role in a team. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like whether like Pete Pete always has like sort of um, great innovative ideas for training, and then um, different ideas of the way that the conversation goes. Um, and then yeah, Bevan's great at um, he's very empathetic and, and a good listener too, and um, also a great balance to the more serious types of the group because um, he sort of doesn't even think about running outside of running really. Um, that much. Um, and so, yes, yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nudging the team yeah. in good direction. Yeah, the coach trying to nudge the team uh, in the direction that um, he thinks is appropriate um, from what he's learnt. Uh, so, yeah, that's no, um, great. Um, thanks for the chat, Jess. Um, always a pleasure. Uh, very insightful. And I hope the listeners get a bit out of it. Yeah, thank you to anyone who's. Uh, listen this far. Yeah. It's been a good conversation. Yeah. Nice. See you, Jess. Yeah.